You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show, Wednesday edition, by the way, as I get kind of settled in here. I apologize. I, uh, I'll just give you a little uh, sneak peek behind the scenes. Uh, I usually start the prep for the next day's show uh, during the, the show. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, you know, I start the day, and then, and then I stand a couple hours after the show in the studio, you know, getting ready for tomorrow's show. Then I take a break, go to the gym, do the sundry crap I got to do around here, let the dogs out, go to the store, whatever, whatever. Then back in the studio until about midnight or so, just digging through stuff. Then this morning I'm thinking, okay, you know what, I'll just get through this. Literally in the studio at 7 o'clock this morning, four hours before the show, my time, and uh, at 11.03, my time, which is noon 03, your time. That's I said that for Democrats. It's noon 03. It's lunch 03. Just so you understand, because, you know, some people on the left are kind of stupid that way. They're too busy learning how to hate Israel in college and not learning the basics that could get you a job. That said, three minutes after 11, uh, my the producer pro tem today, Noah, is... Uh, uh, I think a little freaked out that I hadn't dialed up yet, and I wasn't wasn't like officially on the air. Uh, considering you know what happens when you you have difficulties sometimes finding a fill-in host, so I would imagine that Noah was a little freaked. <laughs> but 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 the positive is I have put uh, all my heart and soul into this show today, and uh, and we got a lot of stuff to get to because that's what I do every day. That's what we're here for. We're here to get through this nonsense, this madness, this uh, this absolute insanity. And uh, we are here to return uh, our country and hopefully the world. I'm not going to do this myself, by the way. I'm not thinking I'm Superman or anything. But uh, we are going to turn this country and this world back from nonsense to common sense. That's what's going to happen. And I told you, as with any enlightenment, there is, uh, there is a, a gigantic amount uh, a number of tribulations we will have to go through. And those are going on right now, both at home and abroad. And they can be attributed to, I think, largely a really, really weak America and a terrible president, the worst president uh, in our lifetimes. I don't even care if you're 90 years old. We have the worst president in the White House right now in our lifetimes. Everybody from 20s to 90s. Hell, there might even be a couple hundred year olders out there who just jam to the show every day when they're not listening to Metallica or, you know, or whatever. Uh, and, and, uh, and they know, too, that Joe Biden, the worst president that we have ever seen in our lifetimes. And you know why we know this? Well, A, because we're not stupid, and B, because the uh, country and the world are going to bleep. There you go. There you go. The, yeah, the country and the world are going to bleep. The world is on fire. We have a, a, a Ukraine war that we're, uh, we're supporting to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars of our tax money, the most, one of the most corrupt countries in the entire world, where the president of the United States' son literally was on a board with a gas company there and made millions of dollars while pocketing millions of dollars in bribes, both dad and son. 
in this Ukrainian gas company, and ultimately the president used his, uh, or he was vice president, uh, used his uh, his hand at the time to uh, get rid of a prosecutor that was investigating the abject corruption of the company that the president's son was on. And now we're in a war, uh, uh, ostensibly with Russia, to the tune, like I said, of hundreds of billions of dollars. Uh, none of it is being accounted for. We don't know where the money's going. We don't know how many bombs it's buying. We don't know this and that. We know that we're paying for their damned pensions. We know that we're paying the salaries of firefighters and whatnot in, uh, in Ukraine. And now we've got uh, the Middle East on fire after Donald Trump had put it out with the Abraham Accords. So here we go. Congratulations. I want to say to all the dead Democrats who voted for Joe Biden, way to go, people. Yeah, and all you Democrats who voted five or six or a hundred times for Joe Biden, hey, way to go there. All right, and all you guys who stuffed ballot boxes all over the place, good job, good job. You got the president that you wanted. Yippee skippy. That's what we have right now. We have President Derp Derp in the White House uh, when the entire world is, uh, is collapsing. Yeah, there's what you got. So, um, you know, we're going to make sense of it today. We're going to do our very level best to uh, to get through it, to offer possibly uh, some solutions. Uh, also, uh, a, a place for you to vent or whatever or chime in. Here's the number. It's 800-922-6680. It doesn't spell anything, but, you know, that's okay. 800-922-6680 is the number if you would like to partake. I did uh, have to laugh because I am a uh, a comedian at heart. I do, uh, you know, I do write comedy, although uh, I do believe that my punditry also uh, speaks for itself to some degree. Um, but actor and comedian John Lovitz, you remember John Lovitz from the 80s and all that? He's been an outspoken in declaring his support for Israel and disdain for Hamas, the terror group that perpetrated, of course, the attacks on the Jewish state and have sworn to the elimination of Israel and all of its people. Other than that, I think we can have a two-state solution. Pretty sure about this. No, actually not. Here's what John Levitt said. He said, go Israel, make hummus out of Hamas. <laughs> and make tabbouleh out of the Taliban. How about that? Let's do that. Hummus out of Hamas and tabbouleh out of the Taliban. Uh, with the tabbouleh, you got to dice them up real good and mix them up. With hummus, you just need to puree them and add some garlic. <laughs> Maybe some chickpeas. <laughs> Uh, uh, somebody commented on Twitter, you're foaming at the mouth for retributory death uh, to, uh, in response to John Levitt's post. Now that you're, any, uh, you're not anyone anymore, but it's nice to have this disgusting post attached to you now and forever. That's the old, well, you ain't even famous anymore, so you don't mean nothing. Oh, yeah, well, okay, so's Kim Kardashian. What the hell does she mean to the world? Uh, he says, yes, I hope they'll kill everyone in Hamas. Absolutely, I'll do it as the liar. In Saturday Night Live, for you uh, maybe millennials, certainly Gen X uh, and uh, boomers, John Lovitz had this character on Saturday Night Live where he was a liar, and he was really famous, actually, and, and he would say a lie, and then he'd say, that's the ticket. It's kind of like Joe Biden when he says, uh, you know, he gives these little tells like, it's not a joke, it's not a joke, and you know that Joe Biden is lying when he says, not a joke. So Joe Biden is just like John Lovitz. He'll go, Oh, yes, there'll be peace in the Middle East, and, and uh, my plan for the Middle East will bring peace. Not a joke. Not a joke. Yes, that, that's the ticket. Not a joke. That's what it is. 
Uh, so uh, uh, Lovitz also said Hamas wants to continue killing Jews, even their Palestinian people, pure evil. Now that uh, you were ever anything or anything, at least you admit you're pro-Hamas, is what he said to that person. So there you go. And that's one of those uh, Twitter tit-for-tats that I try not to get avoided, uh, involved in because, you know, they're kind of stupid and pointless. I don't, do, I, don't, I don't fly that way anymore. I don't do that anymore. But you know the most important thing about this, this, uh, this conflict in Israel, the most important thing about this, this uh, possibility of U.S. military involvement, the possibility of us uh, sending 2,000, we've got 2,000 troops over there and some uh, carriers at the ready, apparently. Not exactly sure what Joe Biden has planned because, you know, his brain doesn't work. I know he's going to Israel today, which, I mean, honestly, who the hell knows? We'll get to that very shortly. But, uh, but uh, Joe Biden says that we can afford two wars simultaneously while also ignoring the needs of the American people. Just wanted you to know. Are the wars in Israel and Ukraine more than the United States can take on at the no, same time? We're the United States of America, for God's sake. Did you ever notice that Scott Pelley kind of sounds like a mixture of Sam the Eagle from The Muppet Show and uh, Count Chocula? The most powerful nation in the history, not in the world, in the history of the world. The history of the world. Yeah, not so much anymore there, Jackweed. We can take care of both of these and still maintain our overall international defense. We have the capacity to do this, and we have an obligation to. We are the essential nation, as to, to, to Paris, Paris, the former Secretary of State. <laughs> Now that, my friends, is uh, broadcasting strength throughout the world. And then, of course, there is his uh, uh, Treasury Secretary who looks like a, one of those little button mushrooms, the kind of gray and white button mushrooms. Her face and her hair are about the same color, and they're both like ashen. Uh, but here is Janet Yellen says, we can afford both wars. We can afford them. Hell yeah. And she knows because she's the Treasury Secretary, and she has so much to do with war, I guess. What this all means... Paul Tudor Jones, the famed investor, was on CNBC this week, and he said, this is the most threatening and challenging geopolitical environment that I've ever seen. At the same time, the U.S. is in its weakest fiscal position since World War II, with debt to GDP at 122 percent. Now, other than that, we've got the 33 trillion dollars in debt, and uh, you know the, we are balancing on the precipice of uh, bankruptcy, uh, spending more on uh, on in, on the uh, interest on our debt than military spending. That's going to be happening in the next couple of years, but we can afford this. Can can America? Can the West afford another war at this time? I, I think the answer is absolutely. Um, America wow. can certainly. She is a shill. You know she ought to take somehow. Afford to stand with Israel and to support Israel's military needs, and we also can and must support Ukraine in its struggle against Russia. And look, the American economy is doing extremely well. Okay, that's where she uh, loses us all, isn't it? Isn't that where she kind of loses all of us? Because. Uh, you know, we're not stupid. So there you go. So for some reason, and, and I think this is, uh, <laughs> they're trying to make Joe Biden into a wartime president. Duh. They tried it with Ukraine and it backfired. Now we got Israel, right? Joe Biden's going to Israel tonight. What's he going to do? What's he going to say? I'll bet you anything he says, uh, ceasefire. Ceasefire. I'll bet you that's any. That's I'll bet you that's what he says. He says ceasefire. We can work this out. But he doesn't understand that uh, this war 
can only be ended when Hamas is gone from the earth. That's it. And people who call for ceasefires are the ones who are getting their ass handed to them. That's it. Nobody calls for a ceasefire when they're winning. They beat the enemy until they're done. They're finished. They're kaput, is lack, uh, for lack of a better word. But, uh, you know, Joe Biden will probably call for a ceasefire because that's what Democrats do. And I hope that Benjamin Netanyahu tells him to uh, go back, uh, go back across, the, across the pond. Go back over there and, uh, you know, do what you do. Slobber on yourself and wait for pudding. So there is that. All right. Like we've got a lot of stuff on the show today. 800-922-6680. Uh, we can afford the war. Um, oh, by the way, this is kind of interesting as well. Another headline. Where is Joe? Biden hit 1,000 days in office yesterday. Did you know that? He spent 300 of those days in Delaware on holiday. Here's what I think. He does a lot of the work there. That's why there's no visitor logs. Shh. Uh, 89 at Camp David, 74 overseas while holding only 13 solo press conferences. So there you go. 30% of your days in Delaware on holiday. He even like stopped uh, in uh, Lahaina, Hawaii, and then went to a, a fundraiser and then went on vacation. He did that between two vacations. That's so good at vacationing. And uh, even though he never made more than, you know, what, $400,000 as the president, he spent a good share of it at his uh, 4,700-square-foot 4, beach house in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, uh, or also in uh, in one of, in his uh, Wilmington uh, mansion, which is 6,800 square feet. And when he didn't do that, he was in Lake Tahoe, staying at Tom Steyer's billionaire climate change activist home. That was the one he went to right after Hawaii. So there is your president. He is plugged into the needs of the world. We are on the verge of World War III. I can't imagine anyone more prepared for this situation than... I don't know, Donald Trump, but certainly not Joe Biden, because uh, Joe Biden is, uh, you know, is, is, a, is a wreck, and everybody gets it. So here's a number, 800-922-6680. We have much coming up, including why is Joe Biden going to Israel? I've got some audio and your thoughts on it, and then, uh, and then much more, including uh, uh, Harvard taking it in the shorts for backing, or at least uh, tacitly backing, the, uh, the Palestinian uh, uh, terrorists. Okay, all of that is coming up on this edition of the Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. Got a call. A call, I should say, from Paul in New Hampshire. He uh, very uh, graciously disagreed with me uh, about Joe Biden spending so much time on vacation, which he does. And Paul said, what about uh, uh, Donald Trump playing golf? Well, um, just wanted to tell you that uh, in business, uh, a lot of business gets done on the golf cart. So there you go. And uh, if you look at Donald Trump's record with regard to everything, uh, you could argue certainly that Donald Trump was able to do the presidency quite well, the duties of the presidency quite well, while enjoying a round of golf. So so there's that. Um, As far as Joe Biden, he doesn't do anything. That's the problem. You see, uh, Donald Trump would work all day long at the White House and well into the night, and Joe Biden puts a lid on his day at 9 a.m., four days after Israel is attacked by Hamas. So uh, that's why. That's all. But, Paul, I do appreciate your phone call. You uh, Really, honestly, I do. I wish you could hold on. I just wanted to read your comments because I wanted to address them so you could hear them, my friend. 
Thanks for listening. So Hamas has released a statement saying that foreign hostages were taken by accident. Well, son of a gun. I mean, we did, a, of course, a murder those 27 Americans and a whole lot of other foreign uh, people before they could become hostages, but realize, oh, we're very sorry. They are going to be returned soon. They are being treated like esteemed guests. That's what uh, Hamas is saying about American hostages that are being held after 27 Americans were murdered by Hamas and presumably tortured to death or burned to death while they were alive. Yeah, so there's that, Hamas. So Hamas spokesman Abu Abodeba, or whatever the hell his name is, uh, released a, let's just call him Abu, soon to be dead. How about that? Uh, released a statement on Monday about uh, the 200 hostages they took captive. Over 1,300 Jews killed in the slaughter, 300 children killed in the slaughter. Uh, Hamas says they're holding between 200 and 250 Jews in, uh, in uh, Gaza. That's okay if they're women and children, because they're thus the Jews. Uh, and he said, uh, we keep a diverse group of individuals. Well, you know what? And here's the most important thing. If you're going to take hostages, at least make it diverse. Honestly, seriously, if you have like all white hostages, what the hell does that say? You got to throw some black hostages in there, maybe a lesbian hostage in there. No, they'd probably be murdered by Hamas. But you know what I'm saying? Diversity is very important. So uh, we keep a diverse uh, group of individuals currently under temporary custody, hailing from different nationalities. Uh, these individuals are considered our esteemed guests, and our primary goal is to ensure their safety. To which I have to say, well, uh, it's a two-word expression. Uh, one is a word I can't say, and the other one is you. So I'd like to say that to Hamas. A major middle finger from the heart of America. Right here on Rob Carson Show. Here's Jim Gasset. Be our guest. Posted. Be our guest. Posted. We will only treat you best. We here at Hamas are really good friends to the West. We behead and we kill whole innocents against their will. But we want you believe it. There ain't no hurry to believe it. It's all lies that we say, but you will look the other way. Harvard students back us every day. Hostages we took, they love the goat we cooked. They're our guest, they're our guest, they're our guest. It's propaganda, you see. Hey, thank you, NBC. You spread all of our lives, so do the Well, truth is told, the hostages we hold are not guests, 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 are not guests. Yeah, you know what? I, I have an idea. When Donald Trump's the president again, I think he should open a hotel in hell. And, uh, and the vacancies will be open to Hamas members. We can pack that hotel in hell. I think we should work on packing that hotel in hell. Making sure there's never a vacancy at uh, Donald Trump's hotel in hell for Hamas and Hezbollah and anyone who would murder innocents. How about that? Uh, no continental breakfast included, by the way. And if it is a continental breakfast, it'll be, uh, it'll be hummus made up from Hamas members like John Lovitz. <laughs> Would you like some more Hamas spread on your bagel this morning? I'm kind of rubbing it in the face because, you know, Jewish people and bagels and all that. Would you like a bagel and Hamas? Just smear it on there. And here, here's some locks for the jail keys. At the hotel in hell for Hamas. All right. We got some more uh, coming up on this. Your phone call as well as welcome as well. 800-922-6680. This is a Wednesday edition of the Rob Carson Show.
Hey guys, it's Carson. You know, everybody knows the next medical crisis just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. The Wellness Company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust, and their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z From anthrax to tick bites to COVID, even a bioweapon like a plague, the Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics on hand to make sure you and your family are safe from whatever the globalists throw at us next. Go to www.twc.health slash Carson. Again, twc.health slash Carson today and order. That's twchealth slash Carson and use the promo code Carson to save 10%. It's time to make common sense common again. It's the Rob Carson Show. Uh, the number is 800-922-6680 if you would like to uh, call in. It's good to be back on the air. I missed you guys on vacation. I know it's hard to believe, but I really do. I uh, just feel like uh, we need to be together right now because of all the crap that's going on in the world. And the only way we're going to survive it is to do it together. Um, you know, it's, it's remarkable. I was thinking yesterday I made comparisons between, and beautiful, by the way, comparisons. I'm not meaning to brag, but, uh, but you know, honestly, if you look at America's inner cities like Chicago, they are Palestine. They are Gaza. They're Gaza. They do the same thing. They use a group of people to forward a political agenda, and then when their kids are martyred, uh, they get a big settlement. Yeah. You think that, uh, you think that uh, I don't know, um, uh, I don't know, Trayvon Martin's parents will ever have to work again? But, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Nobody gives a, a damn about black people killing black people in Chicago, but when a white person kills a black person, aha, that's political. That's fantastic. Hamas uses the, uh, the Palestinians, youthful uh, idiots in this, a good share of them, most of them actually uses them, you know, promises them stuff, gives them stuff, all of this stuff, then makes them into human shields, doesn't give a crap about them. And then when one of them dies killing an Israeli, martyrs himself, what do they do? Put a big mural on the wall, give them a cash settlement. Same thing happens with, uh, with people like, uh, uh, you know, Trayvon Martin and, uh, and uh, George Floyd and all that. They, they got a big old cash settlement from the government, and they got a mural on the wall. Now we can move on, Right. Is that not uh, the perfect analogy? I think it's a perfect analogy. But how about this? How about, uh, I don't know, all these countries that say that they are so down with the Palestinian people and, and so uh, against Israel. And, and, you know, the Palestinian people need their own homeland. And, and, and the Israel, Israel, pardon the, uh, the slip there. But uh, Israel, you know, Israel is evil and they uh, oppress the people and all of this. Well, none of the, uh, none of the Middle Eastern uh, countries that say this want any Palestinians in their land. They want them to come over to the United States, uh, and not one freaking one of them should be allowed because they danced and sang on 9-11. Yeah, that was right there in Gaza. And, and they've had 22 years to get their crap together. And you know what they did? 
They voted in Hamas. They bedded down in Hamas. So here's what I have to say. Evacuate the innocent and raise hell. What does that mean? What does that mean? R-A-Z-E, hell. And hell is Gaza. And the reason why Gaza is hell is because Hamas has made it into hell. So I say evacuate the innocent and raise, R-A-Z-E, hell. Now, for those of you who don't understand what that means, it's not raised like lift up, like what you do with your bread in the morning or whatever. It's flatten it, R-A-Z-E. That said, King Abdullah II of Jordan says they are not prepared to accept any more Palestinian refugees from the Gaza Strip. That was the red line. <laughs> no refugees in Jordan. No refugees in e Egypt. Now, uh, another analogy of uh, the same policy that happens here in the United States. You know what that is? Well, let's say... Um, uh, talk a good game about illegals coming into a country... But then when the illegals come to your area, then you say there is no room for them. Like, I don't know, all of the illegals coming across the southern border that these, uh, these Democrat uh, sanctuary cities have said that it's perfectly fine. And then all of a sudden when you send them to Martha's Vineyard, they want nothing to do with it. You know why? Because there's no political capital there. And then they have to deal with the consequences of their actions. This is the left. The left is the Middle East. The left is Hamas. The left is uh, uh, King Abdullah of Jordan and all of the sundry leaders in the Middle East who always talk about the poor Palestinian people but ultimately say, hey, you know, you can't come here. you got to stay there or go to the United States. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for a, uh, uh, you know, what to do right now with regard to the, the war, um, as I said, I think we need to raise hell. This is an interesting clip of Brandon Tatum. I've seen Brandon around. He's a uh, pretty young guy. Um, and, he, uh, and he does uh, podcasting. And, and here's what he had to say about um, what has to happen now. And, and honestly, it is uh, what has to happen now. Because Hamas... And uh, Gaza and the Palestinian people had 22 years since 9-11 to create an oasis in the desert. And what did they do? They chose to go down the path of evil. So uh, one strike and you're out. You had one strike on 9-11, and you just had your second strike. And as far as I'm concerned, you're done. And this is what Brandon Tatum said about it. Whatever happens in Gaza, whatever happens to Palestinians is the fault of Hamas. Yeah, it's not the fault of Israel. I don't want to hear nobody say anything to me about the fact that you, you expect Israel not to retaliate. This is what they do. They 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 strike and hide their hand. They strike and then they hide behind innocent people. They kill your innocent people to hide behind their innocent people. How long is this going to go on? And I, I said this from the very beginning that if you go and kill women and children, yeah. Your fate has already been sealed for You're you. You're done. You're cooked. And everybody else that's associated with you. That's just how the game go. That's right. I don't know why we think we're fighting a moral war. This is not a, mor a war of morals. No, no, no. This is a religious war that can never be quenched unless somebody's completely eliminated. Boom. There you go. And I do mean that with a capital B, by the way. There's this uh, a report. Uh, ABC was doing a report from <clears throat> Gaza. 
And uh, ABC uh, guy on the ground there asked a uh, an Israeli soldier about uh, what is going on here and what do they expect. And there are those voices there across this region and elsewhere who say the price of military action is too great, that too many civilians are now dying, too many Palestinians are already dying. We're in a full war here, and the responsibility isn't on us. You should take that question straight back to Hamas. We are here because we have no other choice. You're exactly right and uh, and I support them completely. I do not support a ceasefire. They've had their ceasefires. They've had their chances and now it is time to recognize that we won't be fooled again in the world uh, in the words of the who, a group that I don't particularly care for, but we won't be fooled again. We won't. And for those of you who think that we need to show mercy, to those who slaughtered, I'm going to share a couple of stories here, and I think you should be sitting down for them. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. If you are easily offended, please be advised. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. If you are easily offended, please be advised. So um, I, uh, I do that in a humorous fashion, but there's nothing humorous about what I'm going to tell you right now. And I don't like to do this, but I feel we have to. Because uh, in a world where we sit around and mentally masturbate about Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift, and I have nothing against those two. I don't care about them. Let them go mess around. I don't care. I don't care. We have a country to save. And ostensibly a world. Because this is it. This is the headline from the UK Daily Mail. All those who question the unimaginable savagery of the Hamas attack against Israel must read the words of these forensic scientists struggling to identify the 297 bodies so brutalized as to be unrecognizable. As unbearable as the task is, it is by no means an isolated case here at Israel's National Center for Forensic Medicine where the bodies of victims of the Hamas attack are being identified. Scientists charged with this grim task told me it is common to have a carefully op, uh, separate, uh, to carefully separate the fused remains of two helpless people who, in their final moments, had found all they could do was embrace in death. No wonder several professional pathologists broke down in tears yesterday as they tried to explain their vital work to me. Of the 959 bodies so far brought to the Shura military base. The ones that are hardest to identify to the forensic center here in Tel Aviv, where teams of scientists are working around the clock, is to find out who they are. They are acutely aware that the tormented families of the missing are beyond desperate. They just need to know. As of yesterday, there were 297 bodies so hideously brutalized as to be unrecognized to anyone. It is a wretched job of these pathologists to try to work it out. He showed me photographs of a man shot from behind. You could see his wrist marks where he was handcuffed behind his back, then executed. And then came the utterly unbearable Dr. Kugel wept as he described how he had received res- remains so disgiv- dis- disfigured they had to perform a CT scan to understand they were two bodies. One big and one small. Show me the scan, he said. You can tell from the shapes of their spines that it is an adult and a child and they are sitting together. I apologize. They are sitting together and hugging tightly. 
they were burned to death like this, cremated alive in their own home, clutching one another. Many of the slaughtered innocents have gunshot wounds through their hands as they tried in vain to defend themselves with bullets, with, from the bullets. Dr. Kugel said, it's so horrific and so big, and there are so many containers, it's like a shipping port. They're full of bodies. It's so terrible, so many. The, imagine the, the scope of the, of the cruelty. What about beheaded babies? Yes, Dr. Kugel said, it's true, despite what academics and leftists who should be removed from uh, their positions at universities and, uh, and should be booted for supporting this. On Saturday, I spoke to a colonel who said they not only had seen a beheaded baby, but he held it in his arms and he recovered the child from a slaughter site in, in a kibbutz called Be'eri. He did not know the reason why that, that they had no heads, but could not state whether they had been cut off with a knife or, uh, I won't continue that, uh, a grenade. I'll just put it that way. You still think we need a ceasefire? You, you still think that Hamas could be dealt with after they did that? There's an expression that I uh, grew up with, and uh, and all of us grew up with, it was never forget. And it was uh, uh, said most frequently with regard to the Holocaust of World War II. Um, and the United States made a lot of mistakes and essentially allowed it to go on when they could have bombed some railroad tracks, like they could do, I don't know, with these trains of uh, illegals coming up from Mexico, just just knock out a bridge ahead of time. Gina Siamatic, 90, tragically shot in her home in Kibbutz Kisafim. Uh, Aiten, five, was also among the more than 1,400 victims of the Hamas attack. I want you to remember this and remember the words, never forget. 90-year-old Holocaust survivor and boy celebrating his fifth birthday among the more than 1,400 victims of the October 7th terror attack in Israel. While it is now 10 days since the terror group stormed from Israel into Israel from Gaza, details are still emerging. Gina, a 90-year-old Czech-born Holocaust survivor, was tragically murdered in her home less than two miles from the Gaza border. Aiten, the boy, was celebrating his fifth birthday when he was killed. Palestine's Red Crescent Humanitarian Society released video on Monday showing an ambulance carrying civilians and a child being hit by an apparent Israeli health, uh, uh, airstrike. Uh, the World Health Organization has also warned there there were only 24 hours of water, electricity, and fuel left in Gaza before the real catastrophe sets in. Well, if you bomb the people who bring you the water and the medicine and the food, then you're screwed. How about that? It's like if you, if you if it don't fit, you must have quit. Simitich, and I, I'm not sure, it's S-E-M-I-A-T-I-C-H, so I apologize, the 90-year-old, dragged from her home, sheltered by terrorists who shot her in the head in her living room. We had spoken to her seconds before. She told us she was hiding in the shelter, scared her grandson in the aftermath of the attack. A Holocaust survivor hiding Dragged and shot. Never forget. From outside, they called IDF. IDF. So we felt safe. We could come out. But the majority of residents suspected there was something wrong. Once inside, they dragged her out of her shelter, executed on the floor of her living room. This Holocaust survivor who survived a concentration camp in the Czech Republic called Terezin. And she waited her whole life 
to be treated exactly as they did the prisoners in that camp. She survived. Do you understand why there cannot be a ceasefire? Do you understand how those who do not uh, learn from history are punished by it and those who repeat it, uh, particularly when it comes to a massacre like this, need to be erased from the earth? 800-922-6680. Let's take a break. This is The Rob Carson Show. headline the children held hostage by hamas terrified mother shares photo of her two daughters from captivity as terrorists stormed the family home mayan zen mother to eight-year-old ella 15 year old sister dafna revealed a photo that had been sent to them from a gaza news site the distressing picture shows two girls sitting on the floor on low mattresses darha can be said uh, with her head in her hands her face red from crying younger sister ella cowers scared in the corner all of them were kidnapped Saturday by Hamas. Eight-year-old Ella appears partially dr- distressed as she buries her head in Dikla's arms with the latter shielding her, shielding her from her Hamas terrorists around her. Nome can be seen with a bandage wrapped around his leg as he is asked to stand up. A pool of blood can be seen on the ground around him. Sorry, I just threw the story because it pisses me off. Meanwhile, The View, they didn't even know that Hamas was elected. Did you know that? Sunny Hostin is a dingbat. She says she's a lawyer, but I think she got an online degree. I don't even think it was a good online degree. It might have been one of those places. Maybe it was an old uh, online bartending school degree, and you could suddenly get a law degree. Made a comment, the uh, argument that Israel was issuing collective punishment against the Palestinians with the new war against Hamas, but oddly didn't think that Palestinians were inflicting collective punishment on Israelis when Hamas members paraglided into a music festival. She then attempted to defend Gazans on the basis that they didn't elect the terrorists, but they did. Uh, The last election for the Palestinian National Authority was uh, in 2006, in which Hamas took 44% of the vote, giving them 74 of the 132 seats in the Palestinian legislature. Only 67 needed for the majority. They've been in charge since 2007. And a poll in 2021 found that 59% of Gazans were satisfied with their performance. 47% uh, support Hamas' use of violence uh, as their primary method of resistance. And by the way, their, uh, their approval rating was as high or higher than George W. Bush's right after 9-11. So if you think that the, uh, the innocent Palestinian people are just uh, going, what, what, what? Uh, think again. Think again. And, uh, and by the way, um, you know, Benjamin didn't, Netanyahu was giving him a chance saying, here's, here's where you go if you want to escape, because we're going to raise hell. R-A-Z-E, Gaza, which is hell. So we're going to, we're going to take it down. So, uh, you know, uh, he's giving him a shot, and, uh, and Hamas is trying to uh, block them from leaving. And so you have to hit your targets anyway. They're, uh, this is Hamas what they do. Hamas does it to blame Israel for the deaths of civilians when they're the ones who originally slaughtered over a thousand, including 27 Americans, and now have many of them being held hostage. End of story. Only one way out. Uh, Make Hamas history. I mean, in the history books, 
That's it. All right, so coming up, I've got some uh, some great stuff, including millionaires who have pumped millions, almost billions of dollars into institutions like Harvard. Harvard forgot that a lot of their graduates are uh, uh, rich and Jewish, and uh, and they're deciding to take their money back. That is coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. Whenever news breaks. A lot of destruction there. It was really the front lines in the battle. And wherever it happens. And humanitarian corridors opened up this morning. We're trying to go rescue a 96-year-old lady that doesn't have anybody to take care of her. They're using ingenuity. They refuse to give up. That's incoming fire. Come on. Yeah, let's get down here. Newsmax is there for you. 